My name's Jason. If you've seen Survivor Gatlinburg, Surviving South Dakota, you know full well who I am. Um, I want to quickly give a shout out to Live Reality Games for letting us hijack their channel yet again. Nobody was available to come and um, host for us. So we have Michael, our host, um, hosting. And so uh, just to let you know, um, also, sorry that we're a little bit late. We ran into some technical difficulties, which is why you cannot see Maylee, but hopefully that changes uh, pretty soon. But um, we do have the opportunity to see all of your comments. Um, so if you're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, go ahead and leave comments. We'll see them pop up. We'll show them on the screen. We'll answer any questions you have. So um, yeah, feel free to engage and we're just gonna talk for a little bit. Um, and with that said, Michael, go ahead and kick us off. Sure. Thanks, Jason. And like you had mentioned, thank you to Live Reality Games again for hosting us. So grateful for this platform to chat about our favorite thing, Survivor, which has continuously provided entertainment for everyone in the family and friends. When we reconvene and talk about it, there have been endless fights about endless topics uh, months later. So happy to dive back into that again. Um, great. Well, Kevin, John, May, Jason, thank you all for giving some time to chat about this stuff. Appreciate you tuning in. Thank you. So let's dive in. Yeah. So starting off with episode four, this is coming right off the heels of the last episode, episode three, which was the drinking challenge. Also, Jason was eliminated that challenge. So leading the blind very quickly for those who might have forgotten. That was the three-part relay challenge where contestants were tasked with retrieving, delivering, and solving the puzzle. But for a moment, let's go back to the previous episode, Drink, Drank, Drunk. Many audience members have considered that a major turning point in the game, where you know the tribes merged, and then the pendulum of power began to swing away from John and Jason. And as Maylee decided to instead align with Petey, that's where the power shifted. So, and this is for anyone, what was that feeling around the camp? after Jason's elimination? I would say it was blissful. <laughs> I mean, Swing already. <laughs> I'm I'm on the record that John or Jason, they were both just gonna be the fiercest competitors. So it didn't really matter which one of them won. The other one was gonna be voted out from my thought perspective. I think camp felt really like dreary, empty, very sad, dark, if you will. Despair, um, I think is a good word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was not feeling good at all. That was ugly. I just didn't see it playing out that way. Um, Jason, I didn't expect, you know, our former teammates, we went all went in as teammates, you know, um, and with Eric and Emma too. And they, they, they turned on you real quick too. And that was ugly to see, but it would have happened to me too. So, you know, it kind of is what it is. That's the name of the game, you know? I love that. It feeling. is what it is. It is what it is. No, it's not. It is, it is, what, it is. It is John. I disagree. Thanks, May. I, I have, I, I've got some beef with John still. I, I can't. I just, I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> Feeling couldn't be more mutual, May. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Jesus. This is yeah. what I was talking about. Still fighting months later. But I was going to say, Amelia, I love that we now have an avatar so we can at least see what you look like in a photograph. I know, right? Um, Hashtag so prettier sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, John, I wanted to kind of follow up on that. Seeing Jason get eliminated, it must have felt like the odds were stacked against you completely as, you know, you no longer had a single competitor to confide in. Did you think at that point, like, oh, well, this is it for me? Or did you think, you know, maybe it's time to switch up how I'm playing the game? Um, I, I would say probably no to both. Um, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't think, you know, I was going to be, um, you know, eliminated right away. Um, I just knew I had to win. And the way I was playing, I was playing at an elite level. Um, I hadn't lost yet, so I didn't want to change any of the ways that I was playing the game. I would think I was playing the right way. Um, but I, you know, in my, in the back of my head, I knew I had to win and the next challenge is, that's exactly what happened. You know, me, Edie and Eric won the challenge and I knew I was safe at least for another day. So, um, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta adapt. Um, it's a, it's a day by day game. 
sometimes an hour by hour things change so fast. So um, luckily it worked out and that, you know, I was happy about it. Yeah. You mentioned that your temporary team of uh, yourself, PD and Eric had won the challenge. Do you think that you would have been the one to go if you had not, or I know Kevin yeah. had mentioned perhaps Eric would have been the person to go. No, no, I think it would have been me again. Um, when every single person who voted Jason out tells you, yeah, John, it was going to be you, you know, if, if you didn't win, like, you know, that, that that's what's going to happen. I'm going to be voted out. So I, I know, full, you know, without, without a reasonable doubt, I would have been voted out. Yeah. Well, maybe. In shifting your alliance from one direction to the other, you significantly changed the trajectory of the game for everyone. So if you could walk us through the thought process leading up to the paramount decision of writing Jason's name down. Me? Yeah, you, miss. <laughs> I am what not you going. <laughs> what was that like? Um, amazing. It felt amazing. Uh I know previous to production and recording, Jason and I had uh, talked about a little bit, like possibly teaming up with John, but uh, screw John, screw Jason, you know, the Jays. Uh, I'm just a little shit starter. I'm just, I'm excited to always do stuff like that and backstab if I can. Living up to the chaotic, evil placement so, yes, so exactly. <laughs> yeah and that was contestant number six for miss america is there a you, like targeted me because you said over and over again like i know you're I'm scared gonna... of you i'm scared of you okay well there's no reason to be scared of me if you're on my side and i'm on yours. i don't know about that Nah. i was never going to do anything to you and you admit that you know that mm. I mean, someone there's there's one winner, you know, and uh, I'd really like to take one of the J's out if I can. All right. Well, we do have a question that kind of is a nice transition from this conversation, which is from my good friend Dana. I worked with her at Applebee's. Shout out Applebee's a long time ago. Um, even though this is a game, has any of the drama? And I wouldn't even put drama in parentheses. Everything you see is real. Um, that is not. I can act, but I'm not sure that everyone can, um, and it's not acting. <laughs> so, um, carried into everyday friendships and relationships. Um, what are the things that? Screw John, 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it did. I mean, well, I mean, the drama, I mean, we definitely, when we see each other at parties and we, you know, see each other together, it dominates our conversations about, can you believe he did this, this and that? You said this, you know, that happens all the time, every time we're together. So um, there's no hard feelings, you know, at least not on my end. Um, you know, it, at the end of the day, it's just a game. We're having fun. And I mean, that's, that's I think, the most fun you can have as a family, you know, competing at, at such a high level like we did. So um, the drama has definitely carried over, but it hasn't ruined any relationship with anybody. We're all good. I agree with that fully. I think that it, without a doubt, will always come up in conversation if the group of us are all together again, even some of us. And depending on who is there, I won't name names, <laughs> the conversation gets a little bit more heated than other times. But at the end of the day, it's always in good fun and everyone's always you know, friendly with each other before and after. Mm -hmm. Even if it gets a little spicy at the, at the peak of the conversation. I would say that this is a group of family and friends that like always slam each other in general and sometimes it's a little meaner than it should be but it's just like yeah that's just how we are and so it's just like I don't know it's a perfect family to be a part of to do something like this where it's like I can be really rude about how poorly you played and tell you <laughs> up. Um, but you know we're still friends mm -hmm. or whatever definitely <laughs> yeah so Back to the challenge, episode four, Leading the Blind. Again, that was perhaps the most complicated and layered challenge that we had to date. Where Leading the Blind, it tasked two groups to compete a three-part relay race, like I had mentioned earlier, where competitors were asked to retrieve, deliver, and then solve a puzzle. But what audience members might not realize is how much time, energy, and concentration was invested into getting across the finish line under the blistering sun. So... This is for anyone 
what might audience members might might not consider uh, perhaps when watching the challenge unfold on screen when it might last just a few minutes, but in reality it lasts about gosh maybe an hour more. Well, as a puzzle solver, I'm just gonna say I've watched quite a bit of Wheel of Fortune in my life, but usually you're able to guess letters along the way. And so when you see 30 blank spots, it's a little intimidating, to be honest with you. <laughs> so you're, you're hearing yourself and you're reading everything out loud. You're thinking, you know, is it Survivor related? Is it South Dakota related? Is it going to be about Mount Rushmore? You have no idea what it's about to be. And when it comes to the end, it just seems so obvious. But if you feel like you were sitting there for 15 minutes just looking at a dry erase board, wondering why am I in this spot right now? This is not where I should be. I should have just ran instead. Mm -hmm. Kevin, you yeah. had the hardest jobs, no question. Mm. I thought. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a str I have a strong stance against cardio, and so I'll always think that is the hardest. Mm -hmm. um, worst fear is running a 5K on Thanksgiving morning. But yes. um, the puzzle it didn't make me feel good knowing I was the uh, the anchor that if I didn't get it first, it didn't matter what anyone did before me. Sarah asks, what's worse, the puzzle or Wordle? <laughs> For anyone who might not be playing, Wordle is a, a daily word game where you have to guess a five letter word, but that's pretty funny. Um, so Kevin, actually to my memory, there has never been a challenge that has come down to such a close photo finish. So Kevin, what was going through your mind as it was announced that the other team had won, even though in your confessional, you said that the other team needed to lose so that you could execute your plan to eliminate Eric. What was going through your mind? Initially, what went through my mind is a lot of words I can't say out loud right now. <laughs> After that though, um, we, we had a plan for a few people to exit and it didn't work out so well that they were split in two teams. So no matter what happened, you did feel okay with the conclusion, technically. It wasn't overbearing, but there was one person nominated against another, and the team that won had the person that was one tick higher, from my memory at least, that we, that we discussed. So I guess they didn't really need to lose, but like, I think it would have been more convenient. <laughs> yeah. We have a quick question for John that I don't want to ignore. I know yeah. Chris asks, did John get checked for a concussion after that collision with me, Lee? No, I should have been. The and I would one, do it again. <laughs> the only one who seemed overly concerned was Kendra. So I so shout out to her. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, no, that segues nice into um, the question you asked. Is there things that the audience didn't consider? And I don't think they'd, they would consider what it feels like to be hit by the Asian Usain Bolt. I think flipping at about 20, 21 miles per hour. And she hit me real good. Um, but no, luckily everything was fine. I got right back up after about, I don't know, 30 seconds or so. But it was, it, was a, it was a good hit. She got me good. So yeah. Watching that playback is never easy. It's like watching your spine get compressed. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. I feel good. Yeah. Well, Jason. Following in elimination, you kind of lose a level of insight into the turning tides of the game as you're no longer a competitor. But when you transition into that jury, you kind of lose sight into the whispers that might be happening at camp. Was it shocking to see John survive yet another day from an outsider's perspective when just the day prior, it looked like he was kind of backed into a corner and on his way out after your elimination? Yes. Um... One second. We're going to have a surprise guest, I think. Um, so, my thoughts there. Obviously, at number one, I was very happy to see John go further because when I was eliminated, there was no one I wanted to win more than John. Um, Eric's here. Surprise. We didn't know if he was Hey, Eric. Hi. Hi, everybody. He has a face. Welcome. <laughs> I exist. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so I was happy that that didn't happen to him, but I was also like a little bit annoyed because I'm like, okay, they named me and John as the 
targets from day one. They got rid of one and they said how interchangeable we were. And now, okay, they got rid of me. They had every opportunity to get rid of him. So what the hell happened? Like, why was I targeted? And then he's just able to walk now. So, I mean, good for you, John. So happy it ended up the way it is so that we could get back together in the end. But yeah, it was like, okay, well, fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Eric, thank you for joining. For those who might not recognize immediately, Eric was another one of the competitors in the season of Surviving South Dakota. Eric, thank you for joining. So let's head into episode five, titled What a Know-It-All. Again, a reminder for the audience quickly, that is the challenge where everyone had to answer trivia questions individually, and our jury acted as a collective unit answering those same questions. And it was a face-off that ultimately led to another very close finish, but we'll get in that in just a moment. So firstly, I wanted to ask the group, although the blood pearl, which was Emma's, was never used, was its presence alone impactful on the turn of events in the game? Would you say perhaps an advantage for her or maybe even a disadvantage? Disadvantage. Yeah, hands okay. down, disadvantage. We were, that dominated our conversations, you know, because it's not just two votes with Emma, you know, you got to assume it's three, you know, when you include Eric in that too. So, that, I mean, early on in the game, I mean, that's all we talked about was the blood probe, yep. you know, and how to isolate that. There's not a lot of material to send people home, like home in the beginning. And that kind of swung the pendulum, I think, for a lot of conversations. It's a really easy thing to agree upon. Yeah. Uh, this is a valuable thing. This person has twice as many votes. This person can decide much more than I can. Mm-hmm. So definitely that was part of early conversations for John and I, and maybe too, even though she wasn't seen, seen, um, was like, okay, if we do end up in the situation where we have an elimination on our tribe, who are we going for? We're going to go for Emma because she has that double vote. And, um, we knew that she would side with Eric. Um, and I know that it looked like we had a divide on our tribe, but we were like, okay, but what happens if, and so I think it was that, but also like Petey, who's not in here right now, has said, like, the only reason I voted for her when I did, when she got eliminated, was because of the blood pool in her pocket. So I, I mean, can, can we really trust his word? He's probably just trying to save face. <laughs> um, oh, mean, yeah, I definitely took the, the obvious route everyone else took. <laughs> See all of the other dead bodies. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was a detriment, honestly. I, it could have been great if used at the right opportunity. I think you want to get it as far as you can, but realistically you can't get it super far. So it's like, use it pretty soon or you're going to get eliminated for having it and it will have no effect. Right. Yeah. It's almost like a ticking time bomb where if you hold on to it too long, it's going to explode in your hands. But if you throw it, it might you know, be pretty effective for you. Before we get too far, I see a comment here, Jason, if you could pin it. Someone asks, I believe Dustin, uh, I was wondering if May could tackle someone besides John, who would it be? Neely, do you have any insight on that? Um, well, I would love to tackle John again, but I don't want to get hurt, so I'm going to go with Emma. Oh my gosh. <laughs> again? If, if I had like potential to actually tackle Jason, I would. No, wait. Wait, that's a trick question. I want to tackle you, Michael. Me? Security. That would have been fun. Security. Um, love that. Well, Melee, I actually have a question for you. Prior to the beginning of the trivia battle, a conversation takes place between yourself, Kevin, and John about the fake idol that you had found, which was planted by John. Kudos, by the way, to John for having an Oscar-worthy performance. Acting surprised by May sharing that she found that fake idol, but May, I know. what was your thought process behind sharing your discovery of that fake idol, not knowing um, to John and Kevin? I was, I was very much overconfident. I think I was just very excited because it took so long for everyone to get idols, and I know the previous season it was really difficult as well for everyone to get those idols, and since they're so limited and everyone's looking for them, uh, it was just, yeah, I just got ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. Well, I love and, that. Uh, yeah. Really convinced us all. <laughs> he did. I was not expecting how realistic that was at all. I checked through the Amazon, the Amazon Practice orders. Practice makes perfect, you know? Well, yeah. 
Just a liar. The John's just a liar, one. I guess. It was the same ones from Gallenberg. So there was really no reason for you to think that that was fake. <laughs> especially with the yeah. note inside. Right. Yeah, <laughs> especially yeah. with the note, too. Right. I mean, you could have given me a dirty pest dispenser and I would have thought it was an idol, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not only did John have a very convincing fake idol in that it was the exact same one from the previous season, he put that fake idol inside of the bag that I had provided with the real idol and the note that was associated with it. So it even had another layer of convincing complexity. Um, But Kevin, curious, one could argue that you probably mastered the art of flying under the radar. Uh, were you an integral part behind the scenes for many of those game-changing decisions that seemingly were led by Petey, or were you truly just kind of going with the flow? Yeah, I, I wish I could take credit for it. Um, unfortunately, it was all Petey's strategy and tactician um, on, on his side, I I really did just kind of wake up in the morning. I would meditate a little bit, think about my day, and then he would just kind of feed me the info that I needed to, that I needed to know. And uh, you know that that's what kind of built up on me every day, though. I every day I would go out there and I just kept being told what to do, and I just kept following it. And after a while, you you want to start thinking for yourself. And so toward the end, there's some quotes about. PD saying that I was a little short in the mornings and, and whatnots. And well, whereas that was true, it was because I, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, I can't just roll out of bed and be told I'm supposed to do this because what if, what if you turn on me today? You know, I, I understand I was not very well-rounded. I was a successful 0 for 5 in events, 0 for 6 if you count the intro night campfire event. Good so, record. I was not winning for myself by any means, but uh, nobody wants to see someone who's over five, over six, <laughs> going further and further either. That's as sad as the the the, the scout leader from Pearl Island Survivor season making it toward the end. So I didn't want to have that kind of personality kind of tied to me. So whereas I was a little short, it was only for that reason. But yeah, it was, I didn't really make my own strategy. I had plenty of times where I could have taken my own route, though. You know, we, we discussed just a moment ago, the blood pearl. Even though I agreed to vote one of Eric or Emma out, at the last moment, I was always playing, getting them on my side and saying, let's use this blood pearl and let's vote against Mei Lee because I had heard that she had an idol before that. And that seemed like a good opportunity to take an idol out of the out of the game and also take the blood pearl out of the game and eliminate two threats at once. But the whole time, I felt like there were eyes on me. Like I could see PD a hundred feet away, staring me through a wooden wall. And then I could see, I was always like next like to John or Mei Lee. And if they heard me plotting, I didn't want to get on the wrong sides, you know? Uh, because no matter what, whoever you vote out, it's going to be on the jury. And you always have to be conscious of your decisions. So did I have opportunity? Yes. Did I seize on them? No. Would you do it differently the third season? I definitely would have a different approach. That's interesting. It sounds like you've given it a little bit of thought of maybe what you would do in a third season. Mm-hmm. Love that. So prior to the trivia battle for this challenge, John has a one-on-one conversation with Petey where they both agree to take each other to the final two. John, did Jason's return change that agreement for you or did you never really intend to stay true to Petey in the first place? Um, I think both of our intentions were, were good at the time. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a different game when Jason's back, you know, I didn't anticipate him being back necessarily. Um, I thought it was a possibility, but like I said, I'm still backed into a corner. You know, I have to make friends with somebody. I have nobody, you know? So, um, luckily PD was receptive to that and yeah, we made a little bit of a deal. However, when Jason came back, Jason approached me and he's like, you know, hey, what do you want to do? I'm like, listen, I, I really can't make a decision right now, you know, because things are kind of going good with, with me and Petey and, and May at the moment. So um, I, I got to sleep on it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I got to think what's, what's it going to look like in the, in the final three. So let's, let's say you have he's got that decision to bring myself or May Lee to the final two. 
Well, Maylene already burned every bridge she had. I mean, there's it's realistic. She doesn't get a single vote at, the, at, at a final. You know what I mean? At least if he brings me, there's a little bit of doubt there that you might not win. You will absolutely win against Maylee. So I think Petey, if he was faced with that decision, I think he would not bring me to the final two. Mm-hmm. So that's just my opinion. Um, and that would be my thought going in as well. I'm like, I know I'll, I know I'll win against May. I will not win against Petey. May, how does that feel hearing that? Um, as a woman, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, I I understand it. Um, I'm I'm here for the drama, though. I'm also here to win, but you know, drama drama goes first, I suppose, in my head. And uh, I really enjoyed myself. So even if I didn't get a single vote, uh, at least I screwed over a lot of people and changed up the show a bit. Maylee, I actually love that. I love that you take ownership over that. Saying, you know, F everything else, I'm going to have to take ownership of bad strategy. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. It's good TV. Embrace the fact you won't win. (laughs) Before we move on, again from Dana, this is moving back to episode three, but I would love to hear what Michael has to say for himself. Yeah, please let the psychopath speak. Sure, yeah. Who is the psychopath behind the cup of Malord at the end? (laughs) Uh, that was me. Um, Megan, I think I hear you laughing. Correct me if I'm mistaken. I'm not sure if I came prepared with that idea or if we collaborated on that one together, but I'm pretty sure I knew from the beginning that bitter would be Malort. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but I think it was you. But um, it was kind of a joint effort. We were scrambling in Vinny's trying to find Malort. What a yeah. terrific outcome. <laughs> yes, we almost didn't find it, but... Production, Kendra, she uh, came in clutch and decided to ask one of the workers where it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. I would say about that, and this got, there are a lot of fun things. I've seen all of the footage over and over and over. So I'm pretty proud of this one. So I come back from throwing up, and somebody, I think Kendra, says, so Jason, how do you feel? And I literally drunkenly am like, I feel that I know damn well that in season one, Petey was required to try everything that he was feeding us at the eating challenge. And I know you did not try this more. And he goes, I didn't. That's right. I've heard this <laughs> 10 times. I, I agree. but I... <laughs> And to Jason, I said, if you win the first season, you get to make up your own rules for the yep. second season. So there it is. But anyway. <laughs> And we have to the Malort was the easiest man. <laughs> okay, yeah, wow. continue. To say Malort is the easiest, I think would catch several people by surprise. The syrup was the I don't understand how people willingly and just did that one. I, that's the worst one. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, I thought I was gonna suffocate oh, God. syrup. It was disgusting. It pulled back out of my throat. The whole thing was just a no. Yeah. I don't know why people Give me Malort. Give me give me an entire bottle of Malort over the syrup twice. I swear. Hmm. Oh. We were all well buzzed after that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. I vomited it instantly, but <laughs> it, it still affects you. <laughs> so, back to challenge five. That's the trivia challenge again. I'll just briefly recap that. So, everyone was acting individually against the jury, who was acting as a collective unit, uh, answering trivia questions. So as a consequence for losing the trivia battle against the jury, the remaining survivors were faced with back-to-back eliminations, ultimately sending out Eric, then Kevin. What was the feeling casting those votes without an opportunity to plot with your allies, not once, but twice? As that vote did take place immediately after the challenge. Well... I think Eric was the only vote that we did know was going to happen after the previous episode, getting rid of Emma. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have enough foresight to realize what would happen yeah, after no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> that was the issue. That's why I'm, that's why I'm in the background yelling at you. <laughs> it's because I was short that morning. <laughs> Bad morning. Short sight, man. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to all my allies before the vote as well. Um, you could see it in the votes. <laughs> That was the most stressful part of Survivor for me, the double vote. Why? The outcome was certain and in your favor. 
what was stressful well, about that? What was certain, Eric, was that you were going home. Yeah, no, I, no it's understood. Well, well done. But, off. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but I didn't know that second vote was coming. None of us did. Oh and no! I really I'm sorry. wanted. I really possibility? wanted. <laughs> I really That's wanted to and and May Lee again, and you know, see what was going to be the play. I, I'm sitting there with a hidden immunity idol, not knowing if I should hold this or not. And I really wanted to hold that another round. I get it. You know what you could have two Jaguars. Why well, have one? I, I totally understand. Drive off yeah. the lot. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I'm like, can I get home today? Like, yeah. does the bike work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was stressful. Um, I really needed to talk to, to, like I said, PD and May, and it didn't happen. Luckily, luckily, it somehow worked out. So PD and May would your, were your allies at that at that time. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Kevin? What was going through your mind? Well, I'm going to first off say that the day before it, there is some footage before I was voted out of you guys were just talking about idols in front of me. But we also had conversation then that got cut out about who we would really align with moving forward and what opportunities that we might want to take on our paths. And so I did bring up, I'm willing to get rid of PD. I became a villain at that moment that no one had to see. And I was willing to take out a stronger one if you wanted to keep someone who kept losing on your side a little, a little longer. I had to take that cowardly route. But, well, I got to make a choice, so good for me. But so that, that next day then, when we made that vote, I got to see for a fact if it would turn out. Because, I mean, on the car ride in, John said he wanted me and Petey on the team. In that moment there, John said, sure, me and Melia on your side. I'm like, I'm getting all the opportunities to see what John is all about right now. and. I just, you know, and I think there was a, after episode one or two, I think you came to me a little desperately once asking for me to be on your side. And I think there's some confessional about really you plotting against me. So really, I gave you three opportunities, probably. Um, and so you? I'm, kind of, I'm talking to John. <laughs> just, just making sure. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure you, this wasn't like some pass. Yeah, cool. Eric, were you even in the game? <laughs> yeah, apparently. I mean, it doesn't feel like it. I mean, if John talked to you and Petey um, before the game started saying, we'll get a team, and then John, Mealy, and Petey as well, and then there were so many alliances. I mean, I could have had five blood pearls, and it was <laughs> yeah. boiled. I would like to clear that up about the the conversation in the car. Um, there was a little bit of a you know alliance talk going on, and we said if we somehow ended up on the same team, then mm-hmm. that would work out. Didn't say anything about if you had to pick your teams, you know. And mm. I mean, I did pick my team, and we won everything. So I mean, like, it's oh, yeah. hard to it's hard to argue. Decimated them. You know. <laughs> if you ended up on the same team, sure, yeah, we would have stuck together. But you know, when it comes to picking, it's I think it's a little different. Yeah, so. totally understandable. So after yet another challenge with a very close finish, there was a four-way tie. The trivia battle results in the jury's win and the determination of bringing Jason back into the game by the votes of his fellow jurors. So, Jason, I'm curious, after feelings of triumph have subsided, what were your thoughts having just returned to the game? You know, at that point, you really have nothing to lose. Um, I knew I, I don't really recall. And maybe this is just like, I don't know, hindsight bias. I don't really recall ever really being nervous about it because it's like, what do I have to lose? I've already been eliminated. So the worst thing that happens is that I get eliminated again. But also, like, I came damn close to winning the third challenge. I was on the winning team for the first and second challenges. And then I'm up against, you know, John, who I'm fairly confident I can get back on my side. And then Maylee and Petey, who've won hardly anything. So it's like, all right, well, we have another challenge coming up. I can probably get John on my side, and then he or I will win it. And that's exactly what happened. I didn't skip a beat. As soon as I was pulled back in, I was having a conversation with May Lee. You saw how that went. And as soon as that conversation ended, I went to John's cabin. And so it was like, you know, maybe 10 minutes of catching up. And then it was like, I'm back on the beat. And guess what happened? He sent May Lee home. <laughs> yes. So (laughs) yes, let's talk about episode six. That's titled Forgive But Never Forget. So in the opening confessionals of that challenge, episode six, Petey shares there were feelings of mistrust, Kevin, you were speaking to earlier, that were building within your lights, which came to a head 
at the second surprise vote from that previous challenge. So what was going through your mind as you began to write down PD's name when you were voting? I just walked up there and I put a lot of trust in John and Maylee because I knew that if they didn't follow me, I was probably going to be the goner anyway. Um, and I wanted to make sure I got one shot in at PD just because I could. Um, I'd feel a lot worse leaving the game and never voting him at least once. <laughs> and that, that's just a, a rivalry thing that we personally have together. But I mean, I, I looked into it and I said, well, this game is probably going to be like every other reality series I've ever seen. It's going to be, you know, we actually started as rookies versus veterans. There's always going to be a stigma, though no one will say it out loud, that veterans like to stick together. It could be two teams merging. It could just be new season versus old season. It could be just family versus newcomers. And so I didn't feel like I had a very high percentage chance. And so at that point, my, my vote just kind of felt like a joke, if not the exact way I, I tried to play it out the night before. And so I walked up there just saying, well, just throw my shot up, see what happens. But I didn't feel like the votes were going toward anyone else, uh, just outside the two that I said. Right. Yeah, completely understandable. And I see a comment from Chris that we will get to. That's actually one of the topics that I want to discuss. So Jason, remind me to have that question for my on words. So actually, Jason, I have a question for you. PD and May were perfectly clear in their intentions to send you packing yet again, if given the opportunity. Did you think that you had an easy shot to the final three or was there perhaps mounting pressure leading into that memory challenge? I mean, I feel like I kind of answered that with my last answer too. Like I, I was like, what's the worst that could happen? I get sent home again, but I feel pretty confident going into like every challenge. You never know what it's gonna be. But in general, I feel like I performed like pretty well. Um, maybe not winning every time, but going into that, I had had conversations with John. We had come to an agreement and we had a plan moving forward. And so it was kind of a 50-50 shot. I think going into the challenge, I was like, okay, all good. When you said what the challenge was, I was like, oh shit, because May Lee, for those that don't know her very well, does stuff like this just for fun. And I was like, she is going to kill everybody. And she got very close to doing that. Um, and so at that point I was a little bit worried, but when she was out, um, just a little bit, yeah. Well, on the topic of the challenge, and we can pin this comment here, some viewers believe this memory challenge was a walk in the park at first seeing how it was going to be played out. Having not, though, taken a single gem from anyone else, was Petey's Swiss cheese brain all for show, or was it actually difficult to play that one out? Were there strategies for remembering your cards? What was that like? And this is to anyone. Yeah, I can um so what i was doing when the cards were called was i was remembering the like card like number or like king queen whatever in my head and i was repeating them over and over on a loop as they were being called and i was using my hands which were under the table to track patterns in the colors and suits and so like i would put my hand this way and make it a point if it was um a spade because they're pointing at the top I would put my hand this way at a point if it was a heart because they're pointing at the bottom. And then I would do like make patterns for the colors of the cards with my fingers. So like I would tuck some in and leave other ones out. And so that was um, that was my strategy. It didn't work out every single time because that's not a perfect um, method. I mean, there's no way to really track like clubs or diamonds exactly, but um, it works pretty well. John or May, what about you guys? As you, as you can probably guess, I didn't really have a strategy at all. Um, I actually wasn't, um, I really didn't want to win any rounds um, because I didn't want to be put in an uncomfortable position where I had to take either Jason or Petey's um, So when I when I won that round, I, I couldn't believe it because um, I wasn't really, you know, giving it my all. I was just having fun and, you know, kind of chilling because I knew, you know, the only one who was really going to take my pieces, I think, was May Lee. So then he was out. So I was just kind of messing around. And then I won around and I'm like, oh, no. 
Then I panicked and I took PDs. Um, Jason only had one left. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get Jason that and I'm going to ruin this alliance if I knock him out of the game. And then I, you know, just panic and took PDs. You know, it was probably a, probably a dumb move on my part, but um, I got PD all mad at me. But um, yeah, I didn't have much of a much of a strategy whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Nate, what about you? Was there a strategy behind picking your cards? Because at first, it was pretty much just head to head against Jason. I had absolutely no plan, I guess, going in, uh, memorizing these cards, just focused on the numbers, uh, to be in the moment, see what I could do. And just unfortunately, I, uh, <laughs> I just wasn't in the moment, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> just remember it. Um, as simple as that. I really tried. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just screw John for doing that to me. He did me real dirty twice, three times. I just never trust John. I didn't take any of your John. If John, if John was an animal, he'd be a snake. Simple as that. Oh, nine snakes in this game, man. No, but one thing that I did notice about your strategy, May, when I was editing, is that we were laying out the cards, no matter what suit they were, for the numbers. And then you were switching them out. Like, whatever card you found first, you would set down, and then you would switch it out for the correct suit. Wow. And I was really shocked that you did as well as you did with that, because I know that that would have really confused yeah yeah i think it would have been much easier with four cards i think an extra card honestly i I don't know why it sounds silly but there's there's four suits it'd be easier to keep track of those but when they have like a repeated suit kind of it just got more frustrating and i'm young i'm supposed to i'm supposed to know these things and be on top of my game but i just i wasn't yeah wasn't doing that you (laughs) literally have the best brain at that point because you're so much younger i mean yeah (laughs) My my cognitive function might be a little impaired. It, it should have been high. It should have been <laughs> should have been much higher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should have been. But I mean, hey, online school, Zoom. I'm gonna blame it on that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Watching that challenge was 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 frustrating because I, I very much expected Maylee to to crush, um, and she started off really strong. And I think Jason had the best memory technique, hands down. And I said that to Jason after the fact that using hands and just incorporating other memory tools is just it significantly improves your retention and he was the only one that was using it and that showed he, he had the most consistent answers mm-hmm. yeah. Kevin, how do you think you would have done i'm sorry what oh kevin how do you think you would have done sorry for that <laughs> yeah, i thought you were talking to me and then i was like but he said kevin <laughs> no sorry <laughs> It's funny, I'm reading PD say a Swiss cheese brain, and here I have it myself right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it would not have gone well. I guarantee it all PD things. <laughs> I, I really just enjoyed watching everyone's misery, but not having to accept the fact that it would have happened to me at the, at the exact time. I, I don't think I would have put together that I could do numbers out loud and then do like just little things with my hands to get a rhythm on it. I would only be able to remember, I would just guarantee the first card and then say, here we go for the rest. And just maybe like no one got the rest, you know? <laughs> I jokingly say switch the brain. Like I give him a hard time, but truthfully, I don't know that I would have done much better than PD or anyone else did because that challenge was difficult. There were times where some people might have gotten all five correct where there were multiple people who got it correct and we would have to go into a second round of five before we determined who was going to take a gem in that round so it got lengthy and it was very difficult to remember so i was super super impressed we can so the question from chris if it's applicable i don't know if we like really answered this specifically yes that was the comment that i was talking about so segueing into the challenge of the game but why was it so hard to keep all those five cards in your memory? Well, I think personally, just as the person who was setting up, being able to remember the number and the suit and then the order in which that you remembered them, I think it just makes it more and more complex on top of each other. But mm-hmm. what is everyone Combinatorics, mean? man. What'd you say? I mean, it's it's 10 things that you're memorizing. It's Yeah, it's five cards, but you're remembering five numbers and then you're remembering five, like, basically shapes or like suits, whatever. I think it's five factorial, which would be like 60 or something. Uh, what is that? It's, it's a lot. Yeah, no, it's 120 opportunities, 120 possibilities. 
Wow. And so like while I did like fairly well in every out of the rounds, but in most rounds, like there were some, and you might not have noticed because like we started going really quickly as we got through the challenge because it was getting long. There was one that I got out on like second second part. And so it's like you really hard to even remember two sometimes. Right. So the final tribal council with the final four survivors was the last opportunity for anyone to use their hidden item. And May, I'm looking at you for this one. With all the talk of hidden immunity idols floating around camp throughout the season, did you ever suspect maybe for a moment that the idol that you had found might be counterfeit? Was that ever a possibility? Um, no, I honestly, it, it just went right over me. I think I was just in my own little bubble trying to fuck shit up and I ended up being the one who got fucked over. Rip. Yeah. And sadly, then that led to your elimination and our final three, Jason, John, and P. So congratulations to our current top three. Super, super excited for the finale to air this coming Thursday, a week from today at 8 o'clock Central. And this is to the group, without spoiling, of course, what can the viewers look forward to about the finale of this season? I get ready for people to be called out. Yeah. Pretty similar to that. Like I was going to say, I think you're going to see all the drama of the season, which was authentic, come to a head. Like anything that you saw play out is going to be revisited. Um, and I remember Tribal Council being great, but when I rewatched the footage, I was like, oh, it's better than I remember. So, high note like i feel like we've been climbing the mountain the entire time and it's not gonna stop until it's over yeah i feel like when when you're voted out you just have to walk away and your confessional is kind of limited so you really get a chance to open up about your compartmentalized feelings and you just you just got some time you know Jason, if you could pin this comment, um, I've seen Kevin in season three. Yes. Right? There, there's one. There is another question after this. Um, what do you think, Kevin? Well, should the offer be right, and we would have to talk to my agents, and there's a few things to kind of go through. I mean, this season, I, I had a, a very lucrative offer to go to Disney World, and instead I decided to just go through torments of malorts and <laughs> losing and losing and losing and hot weather and too many flasks to count. So I'm gonna have to weigh my options here, to be honest. But it's it's always on the it's always on the board. You don't vote anything off yet. I'll right. have my people call your people. <laughs> and the next question from Lucy: Any hints on where season three will take place? Um. Michael, I don't know if you have anything you want to say, but one thing that I would say is that um, I know we said this after the first season where we were like, we're not doing it again. And then it was a big surprise. Um, we are taking 2022 off regardless. Um, luckily, we're still airing. So you have some in 2022. Um, there was a big <laughs> event happening at the end of the year um, where actually the entire cast will have to go. And so we don't have room for a summer vacation to film. Um, so there won't be a season three yet for a bit, if ever, but um, we're constantly talking about it. So we'll see and there are no promises on anything or hints on where it will be because we don't know. Yeah, just to echo that and, you know, it's really difficult to plan these. A lot, a lot of time, effort and even money goes into making this happen. So <laughs> it's a really complicated thing to even plan. It, it took me months right after work and until I went to sleep, just getting things prepared. And Jason is working every single day after he works to finish these episodes and get them on air uh, in time. So it's really tough. We are certainly with 100% confidence taking 2022 off, so you do not need to expect anything coming soon, but we're thinking about it, and that's, I think, all we can say right now. We do want pictures of this event, FYI. There will be photos, absolutely. 
Um, Chris asked where he can send his audition tape. I have had a lot of people reach out, people that we know, people that I have never heard of that are across the country being like, so how do I join? Which is so exciting. Um, so, I mean, it says so much about like this little tiny thing that we turned into like kind of a big thing. It's, I'm glad that everyone's enjoying it. I think that it makes all of us happy. Um, we're not accepting audition tapes for now, but we'll let you know. You'll be the first to know. Um, and there's another option out there, LRG Casting. This is Dustin from Live Reality Games, uh, whose platform we are using right now. They do cast a whole bunch of other shows. So if you're interested in the immediate interim, um, he says congrats on being a new dad. John, I did want to give you a shout out for you have like a two week old and you took out some time to come join us. So thank you. <laughs> sure did. He's been sleeping the whole time. Um, so that's awesome. Great. Love Don't it. sleep all night. Love it. <laughs> oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you guys. Awesome. All right. Do we have any other questions before we wrap up? I'm going to play the next trailer for the next episode for you, if not, um, so that we can tee you off for one second, Jason. Just want to say thank you again to Jason, Kevin, John, Eric, May for showing up. Thank you to Live Reality Games for giving us this platform. We are very grateful for it. We are so excited for everyone to watch the finale of Surviving South Dakota, our second installment that is taking place a week from today, 8 o'clock Central. Tune in for the juiciest episode that we have in store. You are going to love every second of it. It has been an absolute pleasure being able to participate and see this challenge, not challenge, whole season come to fruition. So tune in. It's amazing. And Jason, that's all I had to say. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably about a wrap. Dustin did say, do you, I do think season three, family versus strangers, dot, 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 thoughts. I think that's really fun. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't have a family after this. <laughs> I'll be on the winning side, strangers. Love that. Um, yeah, but tune in next Thursday at eight. We will be airing the finale and we will also have more events in the future um, with live reality games, more recaps, more, um, I don't know, opportunities for everyone to ask questions, whatever you're curious about. Um, anything else to add, anyone? If not, I'll let the music play. No hard feelings, guys. Love you all. No, this was a great game. Nothing else. Yeah. Good right. time. Goodbye. There's more to see. All right. Next time on Surviving South Dakota. A questionnaire withstood, carried a bit of wood, you might have gotten wet, took drinks you won't forget, had a relay session, answered a few questions, asked to pull a card, all this has been hard. Now a test of will and a bit of skill We'll see you through the final two. Okay, thank you everyone for joining. We will see you real soon. Thanks everyone. See ya.